100% of your tuition covered. Or you can earn up to $3,000 in tuition assistance for Sheridan College or the University of Wyoming. Come in and we'll explain all the details. If you need your high school diploma, McDonald's will assist with that as well. Join the McDonald's team today. McDonald's working to brighten your future. Hey there, this is Jessica Madden from Impact 307 inviting you to apply for the Sheridan Startup Challenge. Whether your idea is a concept or you're in the early stages of entrepreneurship, you have nothing to lose by applying, but you could gain a share of $100,000 toward making your dream a reality. The application is free, simple, and confidential. Apply at impact307.org by September 19th. We've helped launch over 225 startups in Wyoming. Why not yours? Call 675-1939 with any questions. Pro Football Pick'em is back. This is James the Bookie Timberlake inviting you to go head-to-head against me, defending champ Magic Melanie, Trevor the Pro Jackson, and answer Key Sweeney as we battle it out all season long. When you play, you could be the high scorer for the week and win a prize valued at $100 plus our awesome local and national grand prizes. It's a blast, so join us. Go to SheridanMedia.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click on the Pro Football Pick'em banner. Presented once again by First Northern Bank and Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Hi, this is Elizabeth. And JT with EBA Hearing and Sound. Hearing well is living well, and we're here to help. Not only are we able to provide premier hearing aid technology with Bluetooth and AI, but we can address the environment in which you are hearing. Our sound consultation services tailor solutions to fit your needs. Whether at work, at church, or at home, if you're struggling to hear, we can help. Call EBA Hearing and Sound today, 674-8920. That's 674-8920. Remember when your dad used to yell through the bathroom door? Hey, in there, did you fall in? Well, if you actually did fall in, then you might need the calming, health-giving effect you can only get from the health nut. Aisle after aisle of supplements, vitamins and minerals, an all-natural soup, salad, and smoothie bar, as well as a health food grocery and gift shop. So get good with the world. Be happy when you get healthy. And that starts at the health nut in Sheridan's Fifth Street Mall. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. It's it's a little dreary outside, uh, and I'll tell you what, it's much appreciated right now. This morning, from the city of Sheridan, I am joined by city administrator Stu McCray and Councilman Sean Day. Good morning, city of Sheridan. Good morning, Floyd. Good morning, Floyd. Now, uh, how was your summer? Uh, Councilman Sean Day, I, you're wearing a really cool hat. <laughs> you, you just got back from Hawaii. How was that? Uh, yeah, Hawaii was uh, it was a great trip out there. Um, you know, I, I hadn't been out there in about 15 years. I went out there uh, for five days, and it was kind of business and, and vacation mix, so... Those are my favorite kind of trips, and uh, yeah, it was great. I was very, very happy out there on Oahu, and um, yeah, it was just a quick trip, and it's been a, it's been a great summer. It's uh, also had some turbulence. Um, I had a, my house flooded a few weeks ago, oh. so just been living out of my backpack That's for a while terrible. and uh, recalibrating um, with that. But it, it's actually turning out to to be a good thing. I think the restoration will. Um, I'm just focusing on that, restoring my house right now. And um, But, yeah, there's been, obviously, the Yellowstone floods. That was a, a big, um, 
yeah, catastrophic Setback, event yeah. for for Sheridan. And uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of strange. I don't know if you guys felt the weather change this morning. I was <laughs> yeah. seeing an interesting sun out there, and uh, uh, but I'm excited. It feels like we're all kind of just you know recalibrating for fall, and there's a lot of exciting things that's, that are happening in the city right now. So excited what, to talk about those. What would what was the heat like in Hawaii? Was was it a scorcher like it was here? I mean, yesterday I think we hit 101 here in Sh- in Sheridan. Well, yeah, we were in the mid 80s to low yeah, 90s. You know, I, li- I lived in Hawaii for three and a half years before I retired, and every day is 85 degrees, almost without stop. Just yeah. perfect it, setting. Well, I don't know if that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Above 72 to me is a heat wave. So. No, it is. I asked the cab driver. I was just like, is it like this every day? And he said, absolutely. So, yeah, the weather, weather was really nice, very consistent um, year-round. And But I will say, getting off the plane in Sheridan, the first thing I noticed was the dry air. It's very humid out there, and yeah. I really love our dry air here in Sheridan. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, why, I, that's why I came home. I was going to say, a lot of people actually move here because of that. That was one of the factors that I measured into where we were going to ultimately retire to after I got retired from the Army, you know, and, and the, you know, growing up in Billings, you know, okay. I, there's just the dry air. I've, you know, I've lived all over the country, and most of the country is humid, and, and I just hate it. Yeah, yeah. That, it always drove me crazy, too. We'd go down to Louisiana, Mississippi, yeah. and the minute you step off the plane, it's like getting hit in the face with a baseball bat. You're just yep. ugh, out of breath. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Stu, how's your summer been? It's been you know, it's, it's going busy. good. I was, we, we, we've been, both my wife and I have been busy. We got two puppies. Oh. <laughs> two corgi puppies, and they've been keeping us busy. Uh, we were going to go camping this weekend. Of course, of course, this is the weekend. Where it's, it's, <laughs> it's 105 yesterday, and it's uh, 90s and upper, you know, near 100 the whole week. And then when we're going to go up to the mountain, it's going to snow on the mountain. So yep. we, we've had to pivot, and we're, we might go somewhere else or something this weekend, but uh, still try to get a little camping. Now, something that came out yesterday, uh, and uh, Stu, you said this probably isn't even archived yet. No, it, it'll get archived uh, this uh, next week when uh, Cecilia gets back from her vacation. So, according to our City of Sheridan update released just two days ago, over the years, the city has inadvertently created county islands. And these county, the county has now asked that these sections of once county land be annexed within the city. Uh, uh, Stu, you and I were talking about this just before we came on air. Discussions are pretty much just starting right now on zoning and things like that. But what is the process to get this taken care of? Well, let me back up to what what the genesis of this was. Um, uh, the county came to us, in particular, uh, uh, the uh, county elections administrator came to us and asked if we could incorporate these thing these county islands. What's happened is that as the city grew. Uh, they would they would grow around these areas that and and then they failed to annex them. What you should do properly as you as a city expands and cities do expand um, is um, incorporate everything as you go and just just move outward. But they surrounded some of these areas and uh, and so they're still technically in the county and and not eligible for some of the city services and so forth and. And some of them want it that way. Some of them, but but by state statute, we're not supposed to do that. So we've we've uh, we're working with the uh, county to 
um, you know, work this process out. We, we will have to, there's a lot involved in it. We've got to work with the people who are on these uh, county islands to see what their livelihood is. When we, when we bring it in, you have to zone it. And the zoning, we, we want to do no harm with the zoning. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're taking it very slow and deliberately. But this was, the, the county island issue caused a lot of angst with the county um, when it came to the elections because there's because they're so small and the voting populations are so small, it's really easy for people to see how people vote. And so mm-hmm. people's privacy issues are at stake, and, and so they want us to help resolve that so we don't get into this perfect storm of, uh, you know, somebody's, you know, what's supposed to be private vote is, is made public just by virtue of their you know, location. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and no, there's nobody else there, so you know, this is how you voted, and, so and, the, and everyone would know. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to resolve that and just try to clean up the clean up the uh, the field there. And the do no harm. Uh, just as an example to uh, some of our listeners, when I was living in Cheyenne, I was living on uh, Van Buren Street. One side of that street was city. The side I was on was county. So I could own chicken, but my neighbor couldn't. And that just drove him nuts. Uh, but but that was basically the way it was. Uh, I was one of those islands that had not been absorbed by the city, so I was I could follow county ordinance instead. Right. And I think we had maybe 13, 14 chickens out there, and uh, my neighbor couldn't have any. That's really interesting, because yeah, before I you know joined council, I I was not aware of that kind of separation within the city between you know county property and city property and. I remember first hearing about, like, my buddy's place over there just north of Maine. And, you know, we've all been to buddy's place a few times, I'm sure. But I don't know if, uh, you know, the people in the city are aware that that is county property. So they can get away with a little more maybe than what other bars in the city can get away with. That's just an interesting kind of thing, you know. Like, uh, you've got different bars in the city and different regulation, uh, you know, both. And I believe fairgrounds, too, up there is... Is, are there any other kind of... I think the fairgrounds are actually, they're county-owned, but they're in the city. Okay. So, yeah. There's there's probably more that I'm unaware of that our, yeah. our administrator right. might be able to, to shed light on. But, yeah, I, I just found that interesting as well. Now, you, you said that zoning is pretty much uh, just starting to kind of go into the discussion phase and, and get this done. Uh, has anyone thrown an idea out as of yet, or, or, or we're so far away from that, no one's even proposed? Well, you have a whole spectrum of, of where different county islands. Sean talked about the um, my buddy's place right there on North Main, you know, right in the heart of, uh, uh, I'm sure it's a business district. Um, and so... We'd have to look at each each one and see what it uh, what it would have to be zoned. We've got some that are up here on Crow Lane or this in this area that are surrounded that are I think zoned County uh, Ag District or it's Ag uh, zoned right now. And so you know there's some there's a little bit of Ag going on. There's some businesses going on that uh, our current industrial zone, which we call M1. Is not sufficient to cover that. Um, they they would it would keep them from being able to continue the livelihood as they have it. Um, and so we're looking at uh, trying to find a way to create an M2 zone, which we don't have right now, and define that in such a way that maybe we can also 
balance out, as you and I were talking before we went on the air, the uh, you know most of Caffeine Avenue is M1, uh, which is industrial. So that's why you can have a lot of those heavy industrial storage of of uh, of the uh, power conduits and so forth uh, right there behind. Uh, 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 not Perkins, but uh, behind next next door to um, the mill, right? The mill, and yeah, yeah and that in that area there by Taco John's, and so um, clearly M1, you can, as it's currently defined, you could put in a, a fat rendering plant or a fireworks uh, plant in M1. It, it allows for that, and of course we don't want that. You know, they they've really kind of morphed in on on caffeine to become more of a business district. Yeah. Um, but there is some advantages to having an M1 district. Uh, again, when you want to when you want to market it for sale and you want to have the maximum amount of uh, latitude. So um, we've got to work with the businesses down there and see what they want to do and uh, and try to make some reforms to that at the same time. So that's a process. That's a work in progress. We'll uh, we'll take it slow and make sure that we're uh, uh, taking the individual business owners and. Uh, other owners' uh, needs into consideration. And that's all part of that, annexing this property into the city but doing no harm to the existing businesses that are actually using that area. Now, also within that uh, City of Sheridan update, I saw a section about two promises that have been made to city employees. Can you explain those to me? Yeah, you know, we, we... We emphasize this uh, on our uh, update. And let me just say on this update, you know, we we changed this update to publish it. Um, For almost two years now, I was writing um, regular updates to the council. Um, The mayor talked to me right after I got on board and said, hey, the council is concerned with, you know, they're not getting the information uh, knowing what staff is doing. And so I started publishing updates of all the different things, and we would kind of have the stuff that's really, you know, the, the near alligator and the stuff way out on the horizon. So we started socializing things so that it was more, um, you know, informative. And it, it was welcomed to by the council. But as we've gone on, um, we're trying to become more uh, transparent to all of our customers. We're looking at ourselves through a business lens. And we look at, uh, you know, the citizens, everybody who lives, works, and plays in Sheridan is a customer of ours. And so we want to be transparent to them. And so um, I was actually, you know, I I sometimes look at other cities to see how they do things. And I was looking at the city of uh, Steamboat Springs in Colorado. Beautiful city. Yeah. Beautiful city. And they they have a a great method that they use, and they publish this. uh, they kind of split it between their departments and have one half of the month is uh, is some of the departments and the other half the other departments are in the other uh, uh, section and so twice a month they publish these things so we started publishing these things and, and so in this latest one we talked about onboarding and um, uh, the way that we've changed our onboarding for our new employees and one of the things that we emphasize I give every new employee this little card. Uh, I think I gave you one one time. It's an empowerment card. And, uh, and on that empowerment card, um, you know, I've got a strategic end of what I want to get done. I want Sheridan to be the most agile city in 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 the country, really. Yeah. Uh, and so I empower our employees. We've got great employees who work really hard, and we celebrate that. And I, and I want to empower them 
to be able to make decisions at the lowest possible level, and we um, we make two promises to them. Um, I, first promise is it's got five caveats. Unless it's illegal, immoral, unethical, or for selfish gain, which is you know making yourself look good at the expense of others. Um, if it's in the pursuit of excellence, trying to make the city better, we will underwrite mistakes made every time. Um, you know, we will allow mistakes to happen. I'll, I'll eat them. I'll, you know, I'll take the hits for those things. If, if in some way, while they're trying to move the city forward and do the right thing and, and, and you know, take care of uh, citizens, they somehow do something that costs us some money or they offend somebody who's got a great amount of influence, I'll take the hits on those things and, and you know, I'll, I'll take, you know, responsibility for those because 999 times out of 1,000, we're going to be making advances and in, in making good things. Once in a while, you make a mistake, um, and I'll eat those things. Um, and that just happens in right. life. That's the way it is. But what it does is creates much more advantages for you know the workforce to be able to do great things for our citizens. The other promise I make to them, it's a simple promise. I say, if you're doing the right thing, we'll back you up 100%. And, and I tell them, I said, I don't tell you what the right thing is. In every situation, though, we recognize that there's a right thing to do. Everybody knows that there's a right thing to do. A lot of times it's uncomfortable, but it's the right thing. And when somebody does that, they need to know that, that their leadership has their back. Yep. And yeah. so we, we promise that to them. I, I write, I sign my signature at the bottom of those things, and I tell them this is a cash you can check multiple times. You can, yeah. This is a check you can cash multiple times. Um, you know, and so... It's been extremely well received by the employees. They really, they really like it. Um, in fact, on this latest update, uh, Heather Doak on the back with the HR update said that uh, Sheridan has um, the city of Sheridan's turnover rate is about 13 percent. The state is about, I think, 18 percent, and the nation is 56 percent. Oh my goodness! Wow, 56. or 53.6 or something wow. like that. But still, it's over 50 percent. Yeah, and we're only 13 percent. And I think that part of that is due to the, uh, you know, that we we are part of watching over and making sure that our employees feel like they are uh, allowed to have some control in their lives. Yeah, and make those hard, tough decisions. And if you follow the caveat and you're doing what you believe to be right, you're not wrong. Right. And I, I think that's a fantastic outlook and a great way to do exactly as this was intended to do, to empower our employees to make decisions for the city at the lowest level. Because, again, if you're following that caveat, Nothing selfish is being done, right. and and I just think it's fantastic to have that in your back pocket. That uh, you know, maybe, it, and we've all been there. I think every worker out there has made a decision at least once where they were like, well, "Man, that didn't work out the way I thought it would," but I thought it would do the right thing. You know, the great thing about our positions is, like on on Friday, last Friday, I got to do a ride along with uh, with uh, one of our uh, sanitation collection uh, guys, Don Gonzalez. Those are some hard-working guys. Oh, my goodness. There. I had to get up at 3 in the morning to, to meet him there at 4 because that's when he took off on his route. And, uh, you know, and it gives you just an appreciation. Don gets up every morning at 2 o'clock to come into work. And I've got a bunch of people who do that. You know, I've got people who work through the nights and, and all this kind of stuff. And it just we, we put them into these weekly updates or these bi-monthly updates 
to to um, celebrate the uh, the great workforce that we have. And I know, Sean, you I think you're going to head out and uh, tour the uh, water treatment plant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Next Wednesday, I will be uh, joined by my family, and we're going to go look at the water uh, treatment plant and uh, meet Dan Roberts, so our uh, water guy. So, and I just like to yeah kind of expound a little bit on these bi-monthly reports. I think Stu's done an excellent job and. I think providing transparency, you know, from our local government to our residents of Sheridan, we're, we're both very aligned in that and believe in that. And I uh, would like to extend an invite to anyone listening out there. If you want to look at those reports, you can go to SheridanYO.gov, and they're right there. You know, you can just kind of see what, like Stu was saying, kind of the things that are more immediate and, and far out. Um, also, they are... they. They fall on the same, correct me if I'm wrong, but they fall on the same days as uh, our council meetings, which regular, council, regular yeah. council meetings, which is the first and third Monday of every month, and those start at 7 p.m. They go typically till 9 p.m., and I'd also like to extend an invite to any of our residents if you have anything that you're concerned about. And I get calls and emails, um, you know, all the time about, about different issues that people are facing. My my advice to them always is, you know, come to a council meeting. I know it's hard to public speak, but we're we're a pretty uh, fair council, and and you know we're we're pretty easy to work with. I think so. Um, yeah, come come voice your opinion, and uh, we always take things into consideration. And um, we have study sessions every other week, so we we talk about those issues. And we actually just had a a recent. Um, development with a, a speed limit change up and w- there. We're going to yeah. talk about that. I Which gotta... was cool, you know, because it's cool to see things move at a local level, because I think so many of us see things at the state level and national level, it just seems so gridlocked, but right. to actually see something move within the span of one to two months is pretty pretty exciting. And you me. feel like your city's accomplishing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, when we return, we're going to continue with our city of Sheridan. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Madison Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. It's time to cowboy up and register for the annual Wolf Creek Wrangle Trail Run. Race day is September 17th, and you can run, hike, or participate virtually in a 5-mile, 7-mile, half-marathon, or 30K run. This event is hosted by the historic Eaton's Ranch, and all proceeds benefit Habitat for Humanity. Spots are limited. To register, go to runwolfcreekwrangle.com. This race is brought to you by Fremont Toyota of Sheridan and sponsored in part by Sheridan Media and Sheridan County Travel and Tourism. The Sheridan Farmer's Market is back for another great season on Grinnell Plaza with local produce, meat, eggs, coffee, baked goods, and outstanding locally handcrafted items. Every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m., you can find the best our hardworking local producers have to offer. Special thanks to our season sponsor, First Federal Bank and Trust. 
See you Thursday on Grinnell Plaza at the Sheridan Farmer's Market. And remember, please leave your pets at home. From Broadway to the Wild Theater screen, it's the fabulously sassy musical Kinky Boots. Thursday, September 22nd at 6 p.m. This award-winning musical celebrates a joyous story of Brit Grit to high-heeled hit. And it takes you from the factory floor in Northampton to the glamorous catwalks of Milan with songs by Grammy and Tony-winning pop icon Cindy Lauper. Tickets for Kinky Boots can be purchased now at the Wild Theater box office or online at wildtheater.com. First Federal Bank and Trust formed in Sheridan in 1935 as a financially stable community bank. We strive every day to support and improve the lives of our staff, customers, and communities. Currently, we have some great certificate of deposit specials. We are also assisting you with an increased online savings rate that you can easily open online. First Federal strives to maximize your earnings. We have been your community bank since 1935. First Federal Bank and Trust. Online at efirstfederal.bank. Member FDIC. It's Thursday, and that means we have hot buys for you over on SheridanMedia.com. We've got a bunch of items, all from local retailers, and all starting at half off of retail value. You'll get to bid on $300 gift certificates from ChemDry of Sheridan, $10 gift cards to Bomber Mountain Nutrition, as well as $50 gift cards to Aesthetica. We have those items and a bunch more, all starting at half off of retail value. Bidding is easy. Just head over to SheridanMedia.com, click on the hot buys banner, find the items you're looking for, and place your bids. Hurry, though. Bidding ends tonight at 8 p.m. Good morning. Welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Alliance and Financial. This morning, from the city of Sheridan, I am joined by city administrator Stu McCray and councilman Sean Day. Now, uh, we were speaking about uh, some of the changes that are going on and reports that you can get access to uh, by going onto the city's website. You can walk into that city council. Uh, aware of what's about to be discussed, and you can add your two cents. As Councilman Day pointed out, it is a little difficult to talk publicly sometimes, but it does work. And as proof that this works, uh, recently a petition was presented to the Sheridan City Council at their August 15th meeting asking for a change in the speed limit on Holly Ponds Drive from 30 miles an hour to 20 miles an hour. And uh, I don't have a whole lot of time with you gentlemen left, but uh, Councilman Day, what was this petition about? Uh, we had a concerned resident uh, that lived in the neighborhood of Holly Ponds, and uh, he was, you know, he witnessed after school got out in the high school, uh, there would be the road that runs parallel with Sagebrush School. There would be a pile up there, you know, directly after school. So. Some of the um, kids would, you know, detour there through Holly Ponds Drive going 30 miles an hour to try to beat that queue. And there's children, there's lots of families in that area. So he's very concerned that, you know, there could be a, a hazard, you know, it's very and hazardous and there could be, you know, someone get ran over or something. So he came in and uh, voiced that. Um, I'd say that was a couple months ago ish about a month ago yeah yeah it was a month ago that's even more incredible but yeah he came in uh with the concern and then uh, a couple weeks later came in with a petition that was signed by the entire neighborhood and council looked at that and uh you know we we talked about that and you know within the month 
made that change from 30 miles an hour to 20 miles an hour um, with the intent of, of trying to prevent any future accident. And like I was saying before, it's just it's really cool to see change on a local level. And, and you know, when was the last time, Floyd, that you saw change happen within a month from that a, fact, a citizen yeah. concern well, to actual resolution correct. being correct? Correct record. Know? Now that I'm thinking about it, it was a couple months ago because we did a traffic study down there. The police yeah. department has a piece of equipment they they call it a, a jammer and uh and it records you know speeds and stuff like that it confirmed that you know people weren't speeding in there but it's a narrower road than the than the than the straightaway outside of it and so it seems like it's really fast plus when you got cars there it you know it it's 20 mile an hour was probably warranted there so yeah so yeah they brought it in there and uh and we brought it forward and and uh uh, made the uh, recommendation. Council approved it. Yeah, we green-lighted that just the other night. So, and um, my wife and I were discussing this last, just last night. You know about how um, you know the the kids were taking advantage of of using that side road, and and also how it, it is frustrating when you're number forty on the queue for a stop sign. So we understood both sides of the argument. And and even just in our own household, we decided, you know, what the city council did was probably the best decision to compromise for both sides. Yeah, you can use the side road. That's not a problem. But you're going 20 miles an hour. Well, and you know, when you have an entire neighborhood that, that backs you as well, um, I think, you know, that was really the kind of dagger in the coffin for us, just seeing yeah. know, this is this is a real concern and supported by many in that entire neighborhood so yeah Stu, where do we go from here so we're going to put up new speed limit signs yeah they'll simply re-sign it and uh when when you put up new signs typically if you if you drive out uh, big goose you'll see the 45 mile an hour signs and they have the uh, little orange flags on them or something you know something when there's a change to the speed limits they'll they'll usually do something to call attention call attention to the change to and once you know you give it a little bit of time and behaviors change yeah um, yeah and one thing about the police force up here uh, I've spoken to them very frequently you know there'll be some education portions where it's like okay we we've, we've changed the speed limit here we need you to slow down. So there's not going to be just a bunch of tickets handed out over there. Uh, you know, everyone's going to kind of get used to the new the new speed limit. So it's not going to be overnight. And I believe our chief actually is going to be out there to just kind of, you know, just to initiate that that initial change and make sure that everything is running smoothly. So. And, and you're right, you know, it's great to see changes like this can happen. Uh, and... and a lot of the, I think it was just one of those situations where everyone kind of agreed. You yeah. know, I mean, was there anyone who really fought against? It? No, there wasn't. It was unanimous. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like my house last night, where we were like, I yeah. see both sides of this, yeah. and so to compromise, this is the best decision. So again, you know, if if, uh, if you have some complaints about the city, um, I I just invite you, and you know, uh, I hope that you support me in this too, but. <laughs> I invite you to come to the podium yeah. and just speak your piece. You know, or it's even, a even call us, call us, we're email here, us. We're here to solve yeah. problems. You know, our job is to, you know, take care of the uh, everyone who lives, works, and plays here. You know, we've got people who don't live here but work here, and we want to make sure that we're meeting. You know, I I I tell people all the time. I said, you know, the city is a business, and the product we sell, we sell three products: safety, security, and services oriented on improving 
improving the quality of life of everybody who comes here. And, uh, you know, if you look at everything we do, it falls into one of those categories. Planning, uh, you know, and zoning. We just talked about zoning. We had the mayor and I had had a group of uh, a one-room schoolhouse out of Decker, Montana, came to the big city to to talk to us, and uh, and and we were trying to explain zoning to you know first through fifth graders. Yeah. And uh, and I simply asked the question. I said, well, you guys all live in homes, right? Yeah. And uh, and I said, what would be the worst thing that you could have right next to your home? And one girl raised her hand. She goes, a garbage dump. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said, that's exactly what we do. I said, we make these things called zones so that you can only put houses next to your house. And you can't put a garbage dump next to you. You know, and that's really the nature of what we do. We sell we sell safety and security. You know, when, when you turn your light switch on and our building code officials inspect uh, inspect buildings and stuff, you want to make sure that you're not going to get shocked or that your roof isn't going to fall in on you and stuff yep. like this. You know, that's why we have stringent codes. We sell security in that you can walk down the street and know that you're not going to, uh, you know, that it's going to be a nice neighborhood because mm-hmm. it's zoned right. And and we sell services that you know like plowing the roads and and the art and pathways and so forth that the community wants so that you know you have a place that you want to settle down and, and live. And on that note, gentlemen, I greatly appreciate you coming in today and discussing with us the the many issues that face our city and how we approach them. Stu, Sean, thank you. Thank you, Floyd. Thanks, Floyd. All right, when we return, we're going to speak with Sheridan County Travel and Tourism's Sean Parker. This is Public Pulse on 930KROE and 103.9 FM. Share. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. What is your business worth? Have you considered buying or selling a business? Our certified valuation professionals at Harker Mellinger can help you determine the proper values in gifting, estate planning, and the purchase or sale of your business. This is Alicia Cox. Harker Mellinger has been providing professional valuation services for Sheridan area businesses since 1995. Schedule an appointment today to discuss how a business valuation can work for you. Harker Mellinger, 672 Bye-bye, my good boy. Be good while we go on vacation. Parents get so uptight leaving us precious pets behind. But when they leave us in the quality care of McGraw's Paws, they really have nothing to worry about. We get lots of love and attention from the trained staff. This place is so nice, clean, safe, and pretty darn comfortable. So we dogs and cats have a good time while they're away. Plus, it's in a convenient in-town location for our humans. McGraw's Paws, 1820 Gabriel Court, next to Second Chance Cat Rescue. Call 307-381-2184. We're taking in-advance reservations. The Sheridan Farmer's Market is back for another great season on Grinnell Plaza with local produce, meat, eggs, coffee, baked goods, and outstanding locally handcrafted items. Every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m., you can find the best our hardworking local producers have to offer. Special thanks to our season sponsor, First Federal Bank and Trust. 
See you Thursday on Grinnell Plaza at the Sheridan Farmer's Market. And remember, please leave your pets at home. Do you love what you do? Well, I do. Hi, this is Jill Bates with Best Real Estate. I have the pleasure of working with many amazing people every day, assisting them with the next chapter, whether buying or selling. Real estate is not just looking at pretty homes. There are lots of hoops, steps, and challenges to overcome and people to coordinate to achieve a successful closing. We don't expect you to know what to do. You don't do this every day like we do. Let me and my outstanding and caring team at Best Real Estate be your guide and make the start of your next chapter a success. Give us a call today, 675-BEST. As always, make it a great day. Brokered by EXP. Is Wyoming Corporate Office your one-stop shop for everything you need for your Wyoming-based business, LLC, or corporation formulation? Yes. Service of process and mail forwarding services? Indeed. Fulfill the legal requirements for small businesses based in Wyoming? Absolutely. Wyoming Corporate Office provides the communication between your business and the state so you don't have to. Learn more by visiting wyomingcorporateoffice.com today. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of the show this morning, I am joined by the Executive Director of Sheridan County Travel and Tourism, Sean Parker. Good morning, Sean. Floyd, good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on the show. How has your summer been so far? My summer, you know, is always an interesting one. It's more reflective of how the the community summer has been, and uh, and this year has been a good one. You know, we've been been very fortunate to have had great weather. We had a long, wet spring that translated into a nice green summer. Tons of great events. You know, one of the... I think we're back to normal, as, as strange as it yeah, is to say. Yeah. We're still talking about being normal or whatever normal is, and uh, it's it's just been a good year across the board when there were a lot of things that could have tripped us up, and we've done pretty good. Absolutely. And, and now, for those who may not know, uh, and what does your office do? What is the mission of Sheridan County Travel and Tourism? Sure. Great great question. You know, we are mandated with marketing and promoting the community, but it's to generate uh, economic opportunities for the travel and tourism industry. A lot of folks don't know, but direct employment in travel and tourism in Sheridan County is over a 1,000 people just in this wow. town. And uh, the ancillary employment, of course, is, is uh, felt across almost every single industry. You've got housing and building and retail downtown and guiding and outfitting and all those things that um, are touched by aspects of, of travel and tourism. You know, even our sales tax is greatly impacted by the, the funds generated by travelers coming in and spending money in our town. And, and so the whole goal is to just bring more people. Yeah, you know what? We want people to come. And, and you know, sometimes it's not more people. Sometimes it's uh, fewer people for longer. We ah. really want people to come and have an extended stay because we know by every measure that the longer people stay in a community, the more that they spend. And we want that. We want, and Not because we want people to dump their pockets on the community, but because we want folks to come have an authentic experience, engage in the community. If you come for one night and you're just stopping in Sheridan on your way to Yellowstone or the Black Hills or wherever it may be, and you only spend a night in a hotel and eat at a restaurant, that's wonderful. That's great. Those those building, those uh, facilities and, and businesses are impacted positively. But if you stay for two nights, the next morning you've got to go and have breakfast. You're going to shop very likely downtown. 
You might go visit a museum. You might take a tour. All these things that impact the community deeper than somebody just coming for one night. And uh, since the day I started here, my goal was always to uh, increase our length of stay. And, you know, we've done a a solid job at that over the last... And, and, you know, and when I say we, from the community perspective, we went from 1.7 nights per average to well over 2.5 these days. Oh, um, wow. Which is tremendous. That's a huge change. That's more than doubling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least doubling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're you're talking... hundreds of millions of dollars in, in um, economic stimulus for the community. Last year in 2021, we have some great new figures from the state that say that uh, 130 plus million dollars were spent by tour, uh, travelers in Cherokee County, which is a big deal. And a lot of that's driven by folks staying longer than they ever have. That's fantastic. And we are at the end of our summer session, or mm-hmm. season, and, and although not entirely gone from view, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, you touched on it, the pandemic is not what it once was. Uh, but we did have to deal with the wake of the Yellowstone flooding. How right. did that affect us? Uh, m- maybe a little bit more from the pandemic than we thought, or no? You know, we're pretty much over the pandemic in terms of negative impacts. What we've seen mostly is a different type of impact. You know, we're still seeing reverberations where Wyoming was, was open and uh, a travel destination before a lot of places were in yeah. terms of the pandemic. and. And we've stayed popular. Um, some of that's eased off. You know, it's a little bit of what we call the rubber band effect, whereas the other places um, in, the, in the country that had really strict regulations and rules started to open back up, we started to soften a little bit. So we've seen some of the, the pressure of just the, the bulk tourists' uh, influx in, in Wyoming really soften. At the same time, while that softening was happening, the Yellowstone flooding really wrecked havoc in Park County and, and Montana and a lot of the gateways. We were very nervous about it at the beginning, as the entire state is, because Yellowstone's the big draw. But we weathered the storm, actually, a lot better than uh, most places. And I do have some facts and figures that are are pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, please. So, you know, um, occupancy for um, Sheridan County just in May was 60%. In Park County, 53%. And in Teton County, 54%. So that was right before the flooding. And then in June, we were up to 68%. And we outperformed Park and Teton County, who were both at 65 and 63% respectively, which is a staggering stat if you think about it. So while the flooding really impacted Cody and, of course, Jackson, Sheridan County outperformed those places in part because we are a destination now, and folks are still coming to see us specifically. And we can't discount, of course, that folks are coming through to go to the park and spending time with us. We would never want to say that without, you know, we can do without Yellowstone because we absolutely cannot. But we've really insulated ourselves in part from a business and travel perspective by marketing the community itself. And and how how best do we do that? Uh, I mean, to, how do we really draw someone in? When you sit down with your team and you're like in a brainstorming session, what do you what keywords do you say? You know, tell me adventure, tell me industry. Sure. What, well, you know, the three core components of our community are the great outdoors, Western history, and craft culture. Uh, and we you know we rival anybody in the country on all three of those things and individually and if you put them all together we're one of the best travel destinations in the U.S. You know um, you think about the, the sort of the craft renaissance that started when Black Tooth um, opened up here 10 years ago but it goes beyond just alcohol you know when we say craft we don't mean just craft beer we talk about craft like uh, King Salary yeah, leather, oh, yeah. leather craft we talk about uh, art culture you know we just had the Forever West Songwriter Festival Celebrate the Arts just happened we're going to um, gear up for the Wyoming Film Festival here you know the arts are part of the craft culture side too. Western history, Don King Days, massive success this last weekend. The rodeo, big deal. And then the great outdoors, of course. You know, we've uh, 
We've got the mountains, which are always and forever will be the big draw. You know, it's one of the most beautiful mountain ranges in the world. And, uh, and it's it like a hidden gem It is all it the is. other mountain ranges. Well, you know what I love about it? It's so rugged. It's so, you know, it's never crowded a mile off any trail. You know, of course, big big destinations like Sibley or Steamboat or whatever it might be. And some of the big name campsites are going to be popular. Or West Ten Sleep on the Buffalo side. Always popular. But even at Sibley Lake, if you walk a quarter mile on one of the walking paths, you're very likely not to see anybody yeah. on, a, on a busy Saturday. You know, Tongue River Canyon, same thing. Get two miles up the trail, you might not see anybody, even though the parking lot might be full down at the bottom. So that's the cool thing. You know, it's rugged. It takes a little bit of effort to see some of our best attractions on the mountain, and we love it that way. Because you're looking for that individual, that adventurer who's willing to go into the mountain to really work to see that beauty. Yeah, that's exactly it. We're not um, advocating that people come out here in massive numbers to just to take a picture by the side of the road. We're telling individual travelers or, or families or small groups that this is the rugged experience that you've always dreamed about having in Wyoming. Yes, yes, exactly. And a lot of people back east and west on the western coast, they're really looking for that now, aren't they? Absolutely, across the country. You know, even folks that have been to Wyoming, you may have been to, to Yellowstone, and I love Yellowstone, and people should always, it's a once-in-a-lifetime trip for a lot of folks. There's nothing like seeing uh, Old Faithful or seeing the Grand Prismatic. But you have to understand, you're going to be there in a crowd of ten to 15,000 people on a given day, you know? Uh, which is nothing wrong with that. There's a reason that those places are crowded. They're spectacular. Yeah. But if, when you're ready to have a more off-the-beaten-track adventure and see something and have a, a bit of the country to yourself, we're waiting. <laughs> That's fantastic. That should go at the bottom of a brochure right there. Now, it, it, tell me about season two of The Backyard. Because this is, yeah. a, is a, a big deal that actually draws a lot of people in. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I was just down at um, the post office on Monday, and I said, hey, aren't you that guy from that, that local TV show? And I kind of looked over, and it was a couple from Florida who said that they'd watched every episode of The Backyard. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and they said, where's your buddy Max? And I said, oh, he's probably working on season two right now. But, yeah, we've got uh, all ten episodes episodes of the next season in the can, so it took us quite a while to do it. You know, when uh, the luxury we had during the pandemic was I didn't have to go to meetings and nothing yeah. happened in person, <laughs> you had time to do so it, I had right? time to do it. We had time to produce a, a great uh, uh, media campaign in a short period of time. So it's taken us a year and a half to get season two ready. We are really excited about this one because we've turned the lens uh, from, you know, just isolated outdoor experiences really back to the community, sort of where it belongs right now. Um, to showcase things like knife making. We've got some world-class knife makers in town, so I learned how to make some knives. Uh, we focus on the arts. One of them is really cool. We have a tattoo episode coming out. I don't want to spo- spoil oh, any of that, cool but that? that's really fun. We have a winter backpacking episode, one of the most rugged and raw things that we've ever done. And we just released um, the first two episodes. One was on the Songwriter Festival, and the next was on Brewing with Black Tooth. So really different vibe for season two. Of course, there's still going to be some uh, outdoor adventure in there. We've got some surprises is coming, but uh, we're stoked. This is It's by far the best and most uh, impactful campaign we've ever run. Uh, so influential even that the state has sort of adopted this uh, at the state level with a campaign called Howdy Neighbor. Really? Uh, yeah, and they're going to run the... I, I don't want to spoil this because I'm involved in this with my, my state board position now, but helping out with some advice on, on Howdy Neighbor, where they're going to look at some of the hidden gems across the state, which helps everybody. 
Now, you're very involved in, in events and things that are going on around yeah. here. During the course of filming the Backyard series, has there been something where you're like, wow, I didn't know that, and this is a brand new experience for me? Ooh, honestly, almost every time. Really? You know, like when we get up and do, we, we look for those kind of things. We, we, we try and listen or have everybody come in in a team meeting and we schedule out. You know, we'll have 50 ideas on a list. Um, all of us bring in 10 to 15 and we go, wow, I never knew that existed. And a good example would be the uh, double rafter cattle drives. Mm. You know, that's a family that, that's been here for well over 100 years. One of the oldest families in the community. And the cattle drive has been going on for 30 plus years. I didn't know they were doing this until we sat down and really dove in to this experience. And it's one of the greatest things you can do in Sheridan County. So, yeah, I'm often surprised about how many amazing, immersive, and experiential activities we have. Now, uh, what other campaigns are you running this year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're winding down on the women of Sheridan, Wyoming. We've got a couple more that will round out our, 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 our nice round dozen on those, so I don't want to uh, spoil those, but you can check out the first uh, batch that's available now on our website. That's the, the Women of Shared of Wyoming. The Backyard, of course, is in full swing. We'll have those episodes coming out. And then later this year, we're going to debut our latest campaign, and it's called Craft is King. And we're going to touch on a lot of the things I mentioned earlier, the, the makers, the artists, the artisans. And really, this is turning a lens on the, uh, the great craftspeople of Sheridan County. And I'm extremely excited for people to get a, a look at this because I think a lot of it will surprise folks. Now, how long are these videos uh, usually set up to last? Now, the easy question is it always, always depends. You know, like a long backyard episode could be 45 minutes if it's like the songwriter oh, wow. episode wow. because there are many, you know, many documentaries or yeah. short films. The uh, the Hemingway episode that we went deep in with Spiro Wigwam uh, ahead of the, the Hemingway Festival was 40 minutes as well. Craft is King, though, is going to be shorter than yet. Every, anything from 30-second trailers and teasers that we use because it's a full-spectrum campaign. So those 30-second teasers might appear on YouTube ads that you're watching or YouTube videos that you're watching as, as trailers up to two minutes. So it, it, it always depends. It's about the medium and where we're executing our ad buys. That sort of dictates a lot of the length. Now, many people can learn about their own home from your media page and, <laughs> and maybe find something brand new that we didn't know was yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about that media page? Uh, it's not just videos. Though. You're talking about uh, our website, sharedwyoming.org. Yeah. yeah, it's a full multimedia website. You know, we have, uh, and, and we actually, it's a great point you make people looking into their own backyard. That's why we Absolutely. title it. The best and most um, powerful piece of marketing uh, weaponry, I guess that you could say we have, is word of mouth. When people tell other people about what they have, what they've experienced, and what they've seen, that's the best sales tool that we've got. Yeah. So we want people to be proud of Sheridan County. We want them to share it, and we want visitors to experience that, too. And it goes back to the whole idea of bringing in fewer people for longer stays. You know, then you're not crowding anybody out. We're not making locals upset. I mean, I live here, too. So right. we're very sensitive to the idea that we don't want to be crowded. or And I never want that. I don't want to be busy. I don't want us to be over busy or overburdened by, by volume. I want us to have fewer numbers, more authentic experiences, driven in part by people sharing information that they might glean from our website, like itineraries, where you can go and be a cowboy for a weekend, or you can dive deep into craft, or you can go real, do, real, real deep dive into history, you know, the Indian War battle sites that we have. Oh, There's love seven them. of them in the region, and that's a huge draw. All that stuff you can't do in volume. You've got to do that really authentically, and uh, um, and it takes a lot of work to tell stories that, that drive people's interest instead of just going out and say, hey, we want 
10,000 people to come and visit a trailhead today. It's about quality, not quantity. Absolutely. Right? Now, uh, real quick, Sean, give us that uh, website one more time, and uh, i got to dive out. Yeah, it's SheridanWyoming.org. Sean, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us. Floyd, always great to see you. Thank you. All right, you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Hi, this is Dan Marshall at Captain Clean, and we offer free HVAC cleaning estimates. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, 25 to 40 percent of the energy used for heating or cooling a home is wasted. Contaminants in your HVAC system cause it to work harder and shorten the life of your system. Call for your free estimate and start saving money today by making your system more cost-effective and reducing how hard it has to work to maintain your home's temperature. Captain Clean, 672-0726. Affordable choices for healthy living. It's our 11th annual customer appreciation event at Shipton's Big R. This Saturday, September 10th, stop by and enjoy free brats, free chips, and free soft drinks at each of our stores. Sponsored by Science Diet and our grilling partners, Green Mountain Grills, Pit Boss, and Camp Chef. This is all for you, our valued customer. And now through Sunday, you can register to win some incredible prizes, including a $500 Shipton's Big R shopping spree, a Rhino gun safe, full 44 guns worth $1,300. A Lincoln MIG welder, $750 value. Vortex binoculars. A DeWalt 20-volt tool combo kit. A carry-on utility trailer, a $1,200 value to be given away for free. Wow! Plus $250 gift cards from Wrangler, Ariat, Carhartt, Cool, and Cinch. There will be many other prizes to be given away. It's going on right now. Our annual customer appreciation event at Shipton's Big R on Sugarland Drive in Sherry. Conserve local lands and ranches at SCLT in Bloom, presented by Sheridan Media, September 10th in the Whitney Center for the Arts at Sheridan College. Learn about the 11,000-year-long history of Native Americans in Yellowstone with archaeologist and author Dr. Douglas McDonald. Enjoy cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, and desserts beginning at 6.30 p.m. Live and silent auction, shotgun raffle, cattle raise, and more at SCLT in Bloom, Saturday, September 10th. RSVP at SheridanCLT.org. I'm here with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda. Tommy, hi. Have you heard about the update the 2023 Honda Pilot? No, tell me about it. The new Honda Pilot Trail Sport is a more rugged version of the Pilot that's made to play outdoors. It has a higher suspension and bigger wheels while maintaining the combination of luxury and performance so you can get dirty without sacrificing comfort. I like it. What about the interior? The interior has an 8-inch touchscreen and 40 black leather seats with orange stitching, and the new color options are pretty dang cool. Check out new Hondas arriving daily at Sheridan Honda. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. K-R-O-B, Sheridan.